Hi everyone, I'm Danielle from Living Extraordinary Podcast and YouTube channel. Join Nikki as she speaks with Udar about his experiences as a monk and check out what he's doing post-monkhood, building domes with experimental materials. You won't want to miss that and the rest of their conversation. So join us for today's episode and hit subscribe. Leave us some comments below. Thanks everyone. Okay guys, welcome to Living Extraordinary Podcast. I'm Nikki Milvik and this is Udar Robinson. Hello. Hello. Uh, Hello. <laughs> okay, so me and Udar met like in Mexico a uh, year and some change ago. Uh, we did like a workshop where we did aircrete domes. And then we, and then after that, we went and did uh, a month together in Hawaii where I got to get on even better, which was last, actually in February of last year of 2018. Wow. So yeah, uh, and he's like, now he's building styrofoam <laughs> domes and doing all kinds of stuff. But so, uh, so how did you get into the dome stuff, Udar? What brought you to the dome stuff? Um, I, I guess I just came across the site and it really, I don't, actually don't know where it started. I just like the look. Of course, you see Steve's dome online. That's, you know that's not even the- That yeah. was inspiring. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyways, I like the look, I like the design, and so um, I just was looking for a change, do something different. Uh, so I signed up for the class. And, uh, I mean, you know, I've been building most of my life, doing one thing or another involved in building. So I found the classes a little, you know, repetitive. There wasn't a lot, but it was some good stuff there. And I think the main thing for me was meeting lots of cool people that were into the same thing I was. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, that was, so, uh, that it was basically it it's like, me. it's this thing where you inject foam into like concrete, which makes the, um, the blocks go further and all that. But now Udar has gone on to, how did you get, now he's doing styrofoam domes. So how did you even decide like what, what, yeah. There? Well, I was, so I was experimenting a little bit with a friend of mine. We were doing the aircrete thing. He made a, one of those foam injector things. And we started playing around with it. And I realized this is a hell of a lot of work for like one guy. Like I know they, they make these domes, but there's usually a lot of people involved. Like you gotta, you're gonna make the product. You have to cut it up stack the blocks or whatever and make so it's it was pretty clear that my friend and I were not going to do that kind of amount of work <laughs> and so we look into styrofoam and I'm actually still experimenting so I, I don't have any uh, conclusions solid conclusions on styrofoam I know it's it comes across as very anti-environmental uh, <laughs> but yeah. I've, been, I've been doing some research and it's it's actually not bad it's it's like 99 95% error and they use it's they used to use um a cfc the the carbon or the thing that deteriorates ozone layer but they've stopped doing that now they're using just uh carbon dioxide to expand the beads so it's but and they're also it using like, it recycled. How is it? How are you going to get any structural strength out of that? Because I mean, if a, I don't. I mean, isn't it kind of 
I don't, I, is it, it's not really that strong, right? Or am I wrong about that? I mean, I guess like there is some styrofoam that like has like, I don't know, like my microphone came in like a styrofoam case that was pretty heavy duty, yeah. but is it a They're specific actually, kind? Uh, well, when I was doing this renovation, the, uh, this, you know, the, what do you call it? The base for this shower unit was made out of styrofoam. So it's something they're starting to use more and more in the industry. They use a higher density foam, of course, but uh, it's just a really easy product to work with. It's light, you know. It's it doesn't break down. <laughs> well, of course, that's well, what are you gonna What are you gonna like coat it with, like on the outside to weatherproof it, proof it and stuff. It'd day. be the same way we built the aircrete domes. We'd be using like fabric Water. with uh, cement mortar cement I'm, I'm gonna tr i'm playing around with some stronger um mixes like they something called a uh, high performance concrete where they use uh, fume silica and um super plasticizers and what it makes it turns the concrete they use it a lot in bridges and mm. where they need really strong concrete uh so that'll so that, that'll make a shell that's actually really structural. Okay, you know, so, so you're, you're trying to do it more like a tiny home thing where it's portable, right? Where you can move the thing, like build it one place, move it to another location? Uh, well, depends how, you know, that could be tricky. I mean, you could probably cut it in half. The one I'm building right now is uh, uh, it's 14 feet diameter and it's, um, it, I don't know how light it'll be. It'll be, once you got the fabric and all, and the concrete, it's not something that's going to be, we'll see, but it's, it'll maybe a crane could do it, but no, it's pretty much, you know, that's it where you okay. want to, I mean, you so, theoretically. Would it kill you if it fell down. on you in an earthquake? Uh, no, it would, my idea is to actually make it like an egg. It's, structurally wise so it's it would I mean the I guess the threat would be it floating away in a flood because it's not it would <laughs> just stay as one unit an earthquake is not going to really affect it because it's Wait. just it's one solid unit like even so the, then, like in a tsunami even the base of it you the base is like, all okay so yeah like as I say like in a tsunami you could be like a hamster in one of those wheels you just be like ah. <laughs> your little toe, your little egg yeah that'd be cool <laughs> Yeah, it'll. It's much. It's much like building a boat. It's just. It's strong and it just holds together. There's nothing like you know. A traditional house has a foundation and you have these frames that can buckle. I mean the the walls, but an, an egg shape mm -hmm. is 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 really strong. It's a really strong shape. Right. Like I hear even that even if, you, a, if you put an actual egg in your palm, you can't. Normally, you're not supposed to be able to break it, right? No matter how. Yeah, because all, all the forces are distributed around. There's no, there's no um, weak point in an egg. Whereas a house, you have the corners, and it, you can get folding and and sh you know when an earthquake happens, you get this shaking and. Right, it, right. But well, on an I, egg, it just all the forces are directed inward, so it's 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 a, probably the strongest shape you can make. So it's naturally a good shape to do for a house if you want to live in an egg <laughs> <laughs> an egghead uh an egg, yeah uh i do though like because i actually kind of don't like the idea of um 
uh, of living in um, uh, 90 degree angles. For some reason, ever since I was a kid, it used to bother me. I'd be like, it's just, it's so unlike nature, anything in it, most things in it, you know, it's just like, it doesn't seem like uh, uh, comfortable. It just seems yeah. like, yeah, it's like you're boxed in literally. I, I've never liked it. So yeah, that's why the domes really apply uh, or I don't know. I think I got I'm, into I'm thinking stuff. of that, that uh, Monty Python skit where the guy's living in a lighthouse and he's going crazy because everything's round. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, I, that's hopefully it'll be better definitely. than that. Hopefully, but if you have other little, I'm thinking like the Hobbit, man, like inside those Hobbit houses and yeah, I, like. Yeah, no, I definitely, when we built those domes, I love that feeling and I even love the sounds, you know, the. Oh yeah, the acoustics the, are amazing. The acoustics were wild. Probably drive you crazy after a while, but yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Only because you're so used to the other though, but um, yeah, I don't know. But we didn't, it was just an empty thing. We didn't have any furniture or anything. So that'll yeah, probably true. change. Yeah. I mean, so what are you going to do about like yeah, um, so, plumbing and like electric and all that? Are you just going to hire that out or subcontract it out? Or do you know how to do all that stuff? Um, I would, yeah, I haven't got that far. <laughs> but I, yeah, I can do basics. I can, but, uh, yeah, I have friends in the business who could help me with that. Um, but what makes the styrofoam nice is you can, I guess the same with aircrete, is you can just carve all your stuff into the wall. Like, don't, don't put your, on your inside, just leave everything styrofoam until you get all your plumbing and all electrical in, and then you can just, you know, put a coat of mud on the, on the interior. Okay, so how much, how really much do you easy. think it'll cost, like, total? No, I'm not good with that. It's, <laughs> I, let's see, I've spent, <laughs> it's going to, well, the first, first one's going to cost me more because I'm setting up all these molds and everything so I can duplicate whatever I build. Okay. Because I want to, I basically, if you think of a, an orange peel, that's basically what I'm making, orange peels and then gluing them together. So I'm making okay, form, so I'm making forms, three-dimensional forms to create that shell. So that's right now it's taking a lot of time. So, um, but uh, there's a lady that's, I, she, I convinced her, she, I'm using her property. It's a beautiful place on Galliano, right by the water. And I'm, she's just let me play really. <laughs> it's, she's paying for all materials. She wants the tiny house built. So I talked her into building a dome. It's actually going to look like a, a hobbit house because I'm thinking of putting like a, kind of a, a roof kind of a half roof so it looks like a dome house it'll be like an eaves coming off off the dome okay so it'll actually when I start doing the drawings on it, it it actually doesn't look like a dome so much it'll look is it gonna have multiple like rooms it. it'll I'm, I'm gonna have a upstairs there's gonna be like a little spiral stairs case and there'll be a little roof like a loft and um it's gonna be tiny <laughs> but uh doesn't sound like it's gonna be tiny yeah, i'm gonna have an upstairs but yeah we'll see i'm not much for planning i just gonna see what happens cool. <laughs>
Well, we will have but, to yeah. have you on here to see what the after effect effect looks like. So Definitely. you are you are YouTubing it, right? You are gonna you are gonna post yes. videos as you go along. I am YouTubing. I was, you know, when I I'd never done YouTube before, and I thought I'd have all these views when I stuck it. And I think the first video I put on still doesn't have any views at all. I'm just going, what What do you have to do? Well, even send it to me to view. I, no, I don't know. I don't know what the secret is. I don't know what's going on. It's like. I don't have any views. I'm doing something wrong. But yeah, you told me to make a name or something, but I don't know how that's going to help. And then I, that's my thing now is trying to create a name for myself. Of course, I always make the, small, the simplest thing hard. So I have to think of a name so I've been working on that lately actually went to a uh, one of those numerologist guys numerology people that sort of see what the numbers work on your name oh really <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how crazy I am I'm gonna have a I numerologist mean, I, I, I actually had a numerology meet or, or reading for the first time about mm, like a month ago maybe and it was a, it was like a four hour thing. Like she went over. Um, yeah, it's pretty my extensive. Birthday, my, yeah. yeah, it was really extensive. I, I, I enjoyed it actually. I, at first I was kind of like, okay, so, you know, I like crazy things or like esoteric stuff or whatever, but like, for some reason, I never liked the idea of like your birthday or like astrology or any kind of numbers being associated with your personality because it's it was just too like oh you you are this so then that means you're going to be this like oh you're born in june that means you're going to do this so you're uh and yeah. i just never really like for some reason it never really resonated with me but then when i started getting into like well if maybe this is all kind of like a hologram or anything then then maybe that can kind of start making sense everything's but, possible yeah when you look at right it when way. you start looking <laughs> at it like that like or like well since we really don't even really understand what this is in general um like life then yeah. uh that uh it's like why not i guess it's not any more crazy than anything else and i honestly uh so whatever, I gave it a try and I like had this neurologist lady like read all my stuff and I mean, um, was she working on your name or would she works on my, like, so she went by like, um, like my first middle last name and then like how I usually go by my first and last name and then just Nikki by itself and then like my birthday and then, um, if you have any, like I don't know like I have an employee number that I go by at work or like um it, like she just works with all your numbers that you could give her that identify you and then yeah. um and then but the, you weren't looking to change any name part of your name she didn't no. suggest changing it yeah no. that's what I was looking at but the yeah so what did they tell you which name are you going to go with <laughs> well <laughs> as you know well I used to my my birth name is Brado how do you spell and, that? Uh, R-A-Y-T-O. What and is then, that? I've never even heard of that. That's kind of cool. Is it like Italian? Uh, it's a, yeah, that's a good guess. It's uh, sort of, they call it Romage area of Switzerland. It's Italian part of Switzerland. Hmm. It's actually, they spell R-E-T-O. But my dad changed the spelling because he was worried people would mispronounce it. Yeah. Everything good out but okay. uh, then, yeah, then I joined, I, I changed my name uh, probably, I don't know, 95, 1995. I joined the spiritual group. 
So that okay. was changed to Udar. That's what you know me by. Yeah, that's what I know you by. So, so let's let's talk about that then. Like, how did you? Let's, so now that like, I'm now that I've yeah. left. Now that I've left the group, I, I don't know what to call myself. <laughs> so I was trying to get right. some help from this numerologist. Oh, so you're gonna I, re I sort of wanted, you're gonna like re rename yourself? I was thinking it, you know, because why not? I want to like the numerologist says you, you know, you can create what you want, and so why not? But anyway, the suggestions she gave me are pretty bad. Well, she told me. I mean, I don't. Maybe they just need to get used to it or something. But uh, it is weird because I mean, it's she, like, she, what would you she name? She actually wanted me to. I have to go back with all a list of possibilities, and that's what I can do with my business name. I'm gonna give her a bunch of possibilities, and she's gonna look at the numbers and see if it jives or if it, oh. she can improve on it. It's more of my business name. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do with my real name. I just probably keep it. I don't know. I that, I'm confused with because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> okay, so. Then let's talk about that. So you you joined a spiritual community in 1995 or before that? When? No, I, I got my name then. I joined in uh, 85. 85. Dude, I was like yeah. two. You're, three. You're actually born. Wow. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was born 82. So there you go. I was three. Okay, so... Um, all right, so it's like, so it's about this spiritual um, community that you joined in '85. <laughs> so I joined. Uh, I was in Victoria. I joined. Um, I was going to high school, or no, I was going to Camosun College, and I joined. Someone was giving classes on meditation, and I really dug it, and I signed up. <laughs> Um, such a long story. I don't know. <laughs> it was like a big chunk of my life. And I don't really have any, I just felt like, well, the, the teacher, of course, passed in 2007. So that kind of changed things a little. But I just felt myself kind of drifting. I, I, it was, I was feeling like um, I wasn't really making spiritual progress i just felt like stuck so i thought i'd try uh, a vacation <laughs> and so, so that's what i'm doing now what i kind of, so i guess like would i always like was like would be like oh yeah uter used to be a monk but like were you technically a monk is that like a thing to say or is that is like what would you guys call yourselves uh, yeah, we referred ourselves to monks, sure. You know, we were celibate and we were fully committed to the spiritual life. And um, yeah, we use that term a lot, monks, yeah. Okay, so what I wonder about um, monkhood then is like, like what, like, how does your economy work? Like, if you're not actually having like a, like a, mainstream kind of job so you're inside this community like how do you um yeah this goes into what you're into now you're into that starting commute uh, yeah community. i am but like i mean we were sort of a we weren't really a, a community in the sense that you might be thinking like we were it was based well i mean i'm talking about new york every center around the world was different 
but um, the New York Center, I guess it was a community. I mean, we had our own stores in a little neighborhood. And uh, much like any ethnic group would, you know, New York is full of little pockets of, mm. you know, special, you know, ethnics. And, you know, you got your Greek community, your Jewish community. And, and there's a, right. there was the, so, like, there was our community. amongst was, your own selves, basically? Well, yes and no. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. Uh, what do you call it? Exclusive. I mean, we were we were dealing with the public all the time, and people had regular jobs, and some people worked in the enterprises. But uh, yeah, we did a lot together, which is really cool. You know, we had functions, and you know, three times a week we'd have plays and stuff like that. So we, you know, different people had different commitments to the groups of course but um yeah it was it was great it was um it was it was a nice little community um I, i'm not sure about the being off somewhere in a desert with a bunch of people i think that would might drive you crazy <laughs> but yeah you know, being I, I think i've decided i want to be like um you know, like more in a fern gully type set. Like I want to be like a, someplace that has like a natural river. I want like a permaculture place. Like when I went to um, Oroville in India, I thought that was kind of like a cool situation. And I also don't ever. Really? Like I, thought, I thought you, you didn't like it. No, did I did like Oroville. It was cool. Yeah. Oh. The Sedhana forest was cool and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there, what I didn't like about Oroville was they would like, They'd be like, there's no religion, but then they talked about the mother all the time, like the late, and like, I thought it was kind of like, all right, you guys, uh, yeah. I don't know. Did it, I send you that video of that guy talking about Oregon? Yeah, yeah, you that did. That was interesting, he, wasn't it? Yeah, how he said there was like evil spirits there. It wasn't evil, it just sort of like, it was sort of somewhat, it was a spirit definitely feeding off of the people, yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, I wasn't there long enough to, since I, I thought it was, um, I might get in trouble from the Orvilles. <laughs> oh, the Orvillians. No, no Orvillians. I liked you. I thought you were really cool. You did some cool stuff. Um, I just like, know that, um, yeah, I like Oroville was actually like probably a lot of money to initially set up and get started. I mean, cause it's like a lot of acreage. There's like 50,000 people who live there. I mean, they have, they have a lot of infrastructure. Like it was, it's like a yeah but it's sort of a separate thing from the from the ashram right ashram. well Adubindu's ashram which is in Pondicherry which is right outside of Oroville yeah that that's true but it, Oroville is basically a, it's like a utopian ideology he used to write about that they manifested and like uh, made into an actual place yeah so it's, you're going to use some of these ideas from that i don't know what i'm gonna do like it's just that i i i honestly but like i you know the thing is is like i also okay there's a couple of things like i kind of feel like the way in which we have this structure current society which is like okay when you're you know 18 or 22 or whatever you work nine to five until you're 65 years old and then you you know, you, you work eight to, you know, with two, two weeks vacation your entire life. And then so that, you know, and you're all miserable, like 
punching away numbers or working, doing, doing something that you hate for like, I don't know, whatever, the majority of your life. And then when you're 65, you go take three cruises and then you go to an old folks home and die, like seems pretty horrible. Like, and it seems kind of like a form of slavery or like, it's like there leaves no time for being. And I, I think we eight work hours, too much, yeah. I, yeah, eight hours a day of like the height of your day. Um, I like is, Tim Ferriss's idea, like four yeah, hour the four hour work week. week. Yeah, for sure. And I, and, and I, and I, I definitely, uh, I like Tim Ferriss a lot. He's cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess like it would be cool if your Meslo hierarchy of needs were met, like meaning like you had like this sort of like, um, place where, uh, you know, there's like, electricity, food, water, um, internet. I think, I think internet is a Meslo hierarchy of need. Now I've decided. Um, I think that's what I miss. Right. That's what I'm kind of having a crisis right now with the, cause I've never really paid much attention to money and stuff. I mean, for most of my adult life and now I'm sort of hitting like a, a wall <laughs> of like, I just can't seem to stay out of debt. I used to, you know, everything in the, in the group, I was just sort of like a, I don't know, what do you call it, like a handyman. Handy, I, I was a handyman just going around. You know, I didn't really think about money or too much anyway. They've just, you know, all my needs are met pretty much. And we, it was cool because we traveled, he traveled a lot and I got to travel quite a bit too. But now I'm just like, ah, dealing with like this constant money thing. It's driving me nuts. Yeah. So what do you think about that then? Like, do, was it like, um, did that make you happier when you didn't have to think about money or is it six one way? Oh yeah. Together? No, yeah. no, it was definitely cool. I like that idea a lot, but, um, I just have to do it a different way. I, I was just thinking today I was going, I just can't do anything. You're not much help to anyone being broke. <laughs> That's what I've, my conclusion was today. Yeah. You know, I, I just, so I got to focus on, you know, making a, let's what I want to start the business of making domes for people. I can, it'll be a way for me to do what I like to do. And I, I guess it just needs time to set that up and let it grow because it's just in the seed form right now. So I'm just going to have to suck it up for a while until I can make that happen. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident I can, get something working out <laughs> yeah i mean like the thing is, i'm still like i i really i really am just uh a babe in the woods right now because i just i just been uh in la la land i've been a spiritual life <laughs> you know in a group spiritual group all this time and i really haven't had to deal with a lot that people deal with yeah it's pathetic so but do you think that that makes you um uh, makes me feel young i'm 55 and i'm like a teenager <laughs> there you go yeah yeah although i'm pretty clear what i want to do so i'm not as lost as your average teenager <laughs> so then like do you think that um like was it all for naught or do you do you no, like you don't regret any of it no none 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 whatsoever um it was exactly what my soul needed but i just uh i gotta do something different now and uh, I know people 
and the group would not understand that. I wouldn't expect them to, and it doesn't matter because uh, I have to follow my heart, and it's it's clear to me what I need to do. I mean, it was clear that I had to leave. I mean, I also got a lot of channeling advice, and they like a lot. I'm talking like thirty different people, <laughs> so I was really not sure. Uh, I know I I you you've introduced me to a lot of channels that I like. I love channeling. It's like the, the craziest I, uh, thing. I love it. Um, I, I think I've kind of gotten over the. I was the addict for a while, but I think I've calmed down well, quite a bit. They kind of say the same <laughs> thing. I mean, in different ways. It, it, it you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very cool. I like that a lot. I have to say, still my. Probably what started this whole thing was Bashar. I think that he started he started making me question everything. But follow your joy, uh, or just yeah, he, I like his idea. Just keep it simple. Just like on at every moment, the, the smallest detail. Just if you're not doing what you want, if you're not doing what's giving you joy at the moment, then why are you doing it? <laughs> like just follow your joy and just follow like a devoted dog just follow that joy and it'll just lead you to one thing to the next. And it's interesting I, yeah, I really like that simplicity of that. I think a lot of people like have a hard time even uh, knowing what they want, like even knowing what their joy is. Um, so that's, that's, that's interesting. But it, but it can be simple. Like just like having go and have a coffee. It's like, it's that simple. Like every, just what, what gives me joy right now? And it could be the simplest thing. And you go to the coffee shop, you meet someone you, that, you know, it's going to make the next move for you. I don't know. Anything could happen when you're, because you're putting yourself in a, in a vibration, a vibrational match when you're in that. Of course, that's what Esther Hicks talks about, just staying in that high vibration. That's the important thing is to, and that'll attract you what you, what you want. I um, I actually recently just have you heard of this guy that seems like Jack um Dorsey or Ducey or something like that. Anyway, he he's another like law of attraction kind of uh bandwagon guy, but um he kind of talks a lot about more about how you need to be essentially if you had to break his whole thing down, it would be like you need to be doing like um self-hypnosis uh, self stuff to like reprogram your subconscious because it's one thing to like center yourself and like have these like positive attraction, all these, but like your subconscious mind always like defaults to like patterns that you have. So it's yeah. about like, uh, basically, and like, he has all these, like, um, I don't know. They're kind of like, uh, like pre-recorded things you listen to that just like go on and on. Like, you know, yeah. I am abundant. Well, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like they just like start repeating little things to you and you're supposed to eventually start thinking that way instead yeah, of trying to currently. get you out of your, your, your rut. Yeah. Your ruts. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking like, it would be cool if there was an app that had like some Hemi sync, like by, by, uh, those binaural beats, binaural beats that are just like a background. And then you have like, you can just like speak into it, your own affirmations of like what you need to hear for yourself. Be like, okay, like I need to hear like totally. this, 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 and then like some British woman will be like, oh, <laughs> you know, like something nice. And you'll be like, yes. 
I'm listening to this a million times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I get bored of those things pretty quick. <laughs> you know, those, uh, yeah, the, those meditations and I don't know. I just, I tried for a while, but I don't know. I haven't seen that. So what did you, what did you do on a daily basis at the, like, what were the tasks that they wanted in the spiritual community? Well, it wasn't so much they, it was, it was this, the guru was pretty much deciding what happens. And, uh, my, my job was, I was, he was into weightlifting. So I, I was making a lot of machines for him. Um, weightlifting, which like we'd, you know, he's, he pointed, you know, he wants to develop his arm muscles and he pointed a muscle that he wants to develop. And I would try to figure out a way of exercising that muscle. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Just, um, uh, so the you, shop, just get into welding things together. Wow, so you can weld. Okay, that's a skill. Um, did you like? I learned how to weld. Yeah, I never. Yeah. Okay. Well, before. Okay, so one, talk talk to me about like um, the theater stuff that you did, like within like so, you were kind of an actor though in some stuff, right? Yeah, in the group. I mean, that was a big part of our group is putting on performances. So. For each other all, or for the public? Yeah, or? for each other, yeah. Well, you know, we'd get together about well, three times a year or so. You know, there'd be good-sized crowds in there. and uh, You know, like four or 500 people. But, but even every, like, every week we had, we were putting on performances. Like, there's every, there was different groups that were put together. I had a, a play group that um, my teacher asked me to put together. We were put maybe once every, we started off enthusiastic, maybe once every, uh, twice a month, but it was like, it was becoming everything. That's all I did after a while. I was just so obsessed with putting on plays. I got just, I'd spend like the whole week just making props and, um, what kind of plays? Yeah. Like, are these like, you would make them up, you'd write them or like, they would be like, like Shakespeare. Well, well, our thing was, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Indian uh, epic, the Mahabharata. You know, uh, it's like, it's basically the Hindu religion, as far as I know, is based on on the book. The Gita. Well, the Gita is the Krishna talking to uh, Arjun just before the battle. And that takes place in the middle of this book. And so it's it's really um we did a lot of our plays just based on stories from the Mahabharata. And it, you know, of course we had elaborate Indian costumes and explosions and <laughs> I was into the special effects. So I was kind of known for that crazy <laughs> you don't know what to expect plays. Yeah, you're like yeah, it was tinker. Yeah. And I, I, I was lucky to had some really good natural actors in our group too. <laughs> like guys, uh, they should have been doing it for a living. They were so good at 
at entertaining people. Um, yeah. So what were like the, what were the rules of being in this community? Like, were there rules? Like, I guess you had to be celibate. Yeah. You know, drinking, no drinking, smoking, the usual bit, but, uh, rules. Yeah. I mean, we had to show up for, for meditation at least once a week. And if you didn't, then you pretty much decide, you know, you're just telling the group you're not involved anymore. So that was a little flexible, especially in New York, because it was pretty hard to keep track of people coming. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you have to be pretty much into it. I mean, there's, of course, there was people that were sort of more fringe. They weren't involved too much, but um, yeah, it was, it was a commitment for, to join. So how long, how long were you there in total? I <laughs> uh, joined in 85 and I've been kind of leaving the last couple of years. So maybe since two years, maybe actually I, I didn't show up maybe last year. I started not showing up at the annual um, get together, like April celebrations in August. Okay. So like 32 years or something. Wow. Yeah. Big, big chunk of my life. Yeah. And like, what, so what, why did you decide to leave? Like, what was the, what was the camel? What's the straw that broke the camel's back where you were just like, one day you were like, nah. Um, yeah, it was just feeling stuck. It wasn't any one event. It was just, uh, it would just it seemed like I needed to move on. I, the teacher was no longer around. So it was, it was we're always kind of referring to what he would have done and it's hard to I, I don't think you can yeah especially a, a person like that you can't anticipate what he would do in any one situation because it's always you know some consideration so it's almost like it was you're, you're always relying on the past and I, I didn't I wanted to move forward I don't want to you know, just try to guess what, what he would have done in that situation or try to figure out. It was just my time to go. I, I had a wonderful experience and I, now, you know, it's almost like one channeler just said, you gotta, you gotta jump out of the nest. You know, mm. you've had the teachings now get out there and, and use them. I've, a lot of, the channelers I talked to said, you know, you're a teacher, so you get out there and teach. <laughs> so I don't feel I could have done it within the context of the group because, I mean, I suppose I could, but I just felt like restricted. And I, anyway, um, it was my time <laughs> to go, go forth. Go forth and conquer. Uh, yes. so, so then like, um, I don't know, what's your main reflection? Like, like, I don't know, of, of there versus back in the real world. Are you kind of like, has it been, um, just horrible being back in the real world or is there cool stuff? Yes. <laughs> like actually, it's, yes. it's horrible. Yeah. It does suck. Especially the broke part. I, I feel like I'd do something with, if I had some money, but I'm just constantly got this elephant on my back 
this debt elephant but mm -hmm. i know i've created it for a reason and i need to conquer it i yeah. i mean like i i feel like it's a very common struggle i mean like i yeah i yeah. mean the flight attendant thing i like it because um it gives me flexibility with time but when i'm actually there i'm like this is like taking like a bunch of lifetime away from my time like <laughs> you know wow. it's, it's like i would rather be doing anything else besides being there but i mean it's like not the worst thing in the world when i'm there but it's like at the same time like yeah yeah i, I don't know that's the way i feel at work right now i just i just can't stand being there um yeah i do construction work for a friend and it's uh everything about the construction business i just don't like anymore i i I feel that we have so much technology out there that's not being used and so much, uh, we're just building like archaic. The way we build now is just so archaic. And ugly. You know, why, why, and ugly, yeah. It's, mm. there's no joy in it. It's just, we just put up these buildings really fast and they're, they're stupid. I just, and I don't want to be a part of it anymore. Even though I, you know, I did a lot of, framing when I was younger framing houses before the group um, I was but I I'm through with it uh, another thing that frustrates me is the wood you can't get any decent wood anymore <laughs> you know you go to the lumber yard and it's just everything's just twisted it's just garbage I, it's uh, that frustrates you can't build anything decent anymore with the wood I can get at the store why is that we just like so, cut the good stuff down already because we, we, we've been well part of the problem we ship it all to other countries all the good wood I, I live in bc so all the good wood gets exported but also we're cutting down second growth trees so we're not the wood is really bad quality just because it's um it's grown up in, in a different way like you know it's taken hundreds of years for these good trees to be grown and now they just we're just cutting them like pencil you know they as soon as they're big enough to make a, a two by four out of them they cut them right right they, yeah so they're really they're young weak, they break yeah. easy they yeah i have some theories you know, uh, i'm really into that victor schauberger and he talks about how force you know, it's a living organism and you need these mature trees to teach the younger trees how to, how to grow. And when you, when you wipe out everything, when you do clear cut logging, all these young trees are growing up and they're like little kids. They don't know how to grow. Hmm. And he talks about how you need you the, the older it. trees. Yeah. To, yeah. There's the, it's a living organism and they, there's communication within the forest. I mean, they've and, even uh, proven that they actually, trees um, talk to each other and they do this thing where it's like, um, even interspecies, like even if it's like a, you know, whatever, like an oak and a, like an a asp or whatever, like they, like um, if one's sick, they'll, they'll actually send sap through the root systems to it. Like they all, they like, they have a, a their whole entire, yeah. Um, you know they help each other out building things out so it makes a lot of sense though if it's this just like a 
they're all like babies. Yeah, my dad's beginning. my dad's property. He experienced that firsthand with his, that beetle um, disease that was going on killing trees. And and on, on his property, the the trees that were further down the line were already developing um, antibodies against the bug. So there was they a communication telling the tr they were warning the trees, and the trees were actually um, be able to fend off those bugs. Yeah, I was actually listening yeah, to it. Yeah, there's uh, so much we don't know. It's just it like we're, we go in there, we just wipe everything out, and we're just completely clueless with our logging practices here. I yeah, I mean, for me, like the only really like building material that I think is like probably the best is is cob or adobe, you know, because it's literally yeah. like just straw, water, and the dirt on the property. Um, but the problem is, to me, that's is the, the area. The labor is the yeah. labor. It it's is a labor I mean, I don't want to spend you know a couple of years building my house. <laughs> I wanted. You know, on the interior, I want to make it look nice. Maybe I spend the time on that. But as far as just getting the frame up, that's where the styrofoam to me makes so much sense. You just get, you know, you just get your shell up really fast. You can, you know, when I, and then you can just spend time making it really nice. You know, you can put some nice wood trim in there or whatever. But as far as the, the main structure, it's pretty hard to beat styrofoam. <laughs> I may change. I mean, right now, that's just my thing right now. But uh, it, it just, it's pretty hard to beat. I was, I would like to get into like mushroom, like mycelium. I heard of people growing, growing houses from mushrooms. Really? But even that. That'd be Yeah, cool. they grow like the, they call it mycelium is sort of the root part of a mushroom. Right. They, uh, they're actually, Ikea is using it in their packet, or they're, they're supposed to be switching to mycelium packaging where they grow the, the mushroom around whatever they're shipping. And oh, it's okay. totally biodegradable. That's like amazing. Yeah, the mushrooms- But I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want my house to be biodegradable. I want my house to last forever. Yeah, so, I mean like, what, yeah, what do you do you with know. the- I mean, I, I think styrofoam is, is not good for like throwaway cups and stuff. But as, as far as a building material that's gonna, you mm -hmm. want it to last- You want it for to last forever anyway. Say, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So uh, I think um, I think it, we're, I don't want to, I think people should look at styrofoam in, a, in, a, in its context. And yeah, I think it's- Cause I have like this whole like, ew, styrofoam. Isn't that like they sonic yeah. use it and like, ew. Um, and well, it's, you know, it's clogging up our oceans and landfills. Yeah, naturally it's a, big problem but it's not being used in the right way so what are you doing with the waste like the styrofoam weight like when you're cutting something and like the the stuff you're not going to use what are you going to do with that styrofoam well i'm thinking uh creating you can add it to you can add it to concrete and make a similar product as air creep right as the putting, filler yeah instead of using soap foam you just mix up your concrete and you add the, the styrofoam chips you could actually go to a, a recycling place and just use up all, you could grind up all their styrofoam they're trying to get rid of and add that to your concrete and you can make, you know, aircrete. Well, not aircrete, you'd make styrofoam. Styrofoam crete. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That sounds like a swear word. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. 
Uh, are you still a fruitarian? Uh, I call uh, myself a uh, a fruitarian. If it's free, I eat it. No, um, I. Uh, if you were in Hawaii, yeah. you'd be a fruitarian. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I, I, pretty right now, pretty much, I've got a pizza sitting in front, getting cold. Okay, I'm sorry. So no, I'm not a fruitarian. I like the idea. But you were um, for what a I've while, been doing right? When I met you, I, you were only eating fruit. No, I. Yeah, I was in Hawaii. I though, not in fruit in the morning and the afternoon, and then in the evening, I usually. Sometimes I'll just stick with fruit, but usually I, I get this, I need an emotional, you know, hit or if I'm, uh, with friends or if I'm with my family, I, I don't want to be a pain in the ass right, right, or whatever. But yeah, I'd say fruit pretty much mix up most of my diet. And I, I'd like to go that way, but I find, especially in the winter, you just sort of, you just feel like by. something it's not so much a it's more of an emotional it's, it's just an addiction really i mean i think i've gone long long times with just fruit and it works great it's just whatever you get used to you know you, you sort of get into this habit and it comes really easy but then sometimes you you know you i find if you if you cheat then it then it, then it becomes hard but if you stick to the fruit diet then it, it's, it's easy, like anything, you know, you just stick with it. And it's, um, yeah, <laughs> you have anything to say about that? <laughs> well, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I've never tried, I, I'm a vegetarian, like I've done that for so long that it's yeah, like the longer you do it, it's like now it's like not difficult. Like people are like, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, it's like not hard at all because like I've been doing it since like 2011. So it's like not a big deal for me, but then um, uh, so yeah, the longer you stick with it, the better it is. The fruitarian thing though, like, I kind of liked that because it's like, oh, I don't know. The other day my brother was like, well, plants are alive. You're eating plants. So, you know, like, what are you going to say? Yeah. What, are you putting animals above plants? Are you saying that they, they, you know, I'm just like, shut up, you know, but at least if I was a fruitarian, I could be like, yeah, I don't, I don't kill anything. So yeah, that, they just. Know? The tree just like here, take it. You yeah, know, it just drops it, just it anyway. Produce, so. Drops it on the ground. No, it's. Uh, I find it. I, I. I got a lot of energy from the fruit. I'm totally. I'm totally into that right now. I've, I followed this guy called um, Dr. Robert Morris. Yeah. Dr. Robert Morris. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's cured hundreds, thousands of people with fruit diet. Um, yeah. So where, so, okay, you're off. <laughs> like, where'd you learn to tightrope? Oh, slackline. Oh, what okay. I did is, uh, I mean, I'm not that good at it, but I, what good. I did is I had to set up in front of my apartment and, uh, in New York and all I, I had to go over it. That was the, that was the rule. So in order to get to my apartment, I had to go over the, slack line <laughs> so that was how I practiced because I never really I could never justify just spending time to practice so I that was my thing I would just walk across it every day 
Wow. Okay. But yeah. That's I yeah, I don't I don't know how you uh how how you do that. Um okay, all right. So do you want to talk about like um the Egyptian qigong or anything like that? <laughs> um or okay, all right. How about this? If you don't want to talk about that, let's There's not much yeah, well, I looked up on YouTube. I, I couldn't find Egyptian Qigong. Really? Yeah, I couldn't find oh. any. Like who? who um, is I for, forgot the guy's name. He, he this. Well, this guy. Uh, this guy. I think he's in Canada somewhere. But he he channeled this Egyptian god and he showed him all these moves. But you know the. He's saying all those moves, all those statues of, of Egyptians do in those weird positions. Uh-huh. I don't know, you know if you, yeah, where you they're look at Egyptian like... artifacts, they got these people and they, they're in these weird positions. But those are, those are actually, according to him, Tai Chi kind of moves. They're just, you just hold these positions and you, you know, it's a Tai Chi thing they're doing. That's what those Wait, guys are doing hold on real quick one, one wait one okay one thing i have to talk about real quick is like okay tell me your most paranormal experience i don't have any paranormal experiences really Nothing? like you've never had like a lucid weird ass dream you've never seen a ufo you've never like seen a ghost you've never like had something poltergeisty move that you didn't know why it moved or uh well i mean i had pretty real dream the other one i had a dream of i was actually working for trump i don't know what that was about <laughs> okay i had a similar one with hitler i was you know working with hitler sort of like a i don't know like <laughs> kind of like, like in what capacity like you know just like right beside him working you know just Joe boy or whatever. <laughs> um, that was pretty. Paranormal stuff. I, I don't really have visions or anything or, um, you know, I look out for UFOs, but I never see them. <laughs> really? Well, I, that's, so I don't know, like, so you're, you're really interested in, in like the spiritual stuff. So then like, what, what, what made uh, you actually like, I don't know what got you into all that then? Like, I mean, I mean, I have seen UFOs and stuff. So like that kind of stuff is like awesome, like confirmation that, oh yeah, there's something else going on for me. So like, yeah. that's, so that I feel like that's sort of like maybe that's just like what my particular soul needed as a, a push to get me to go into a different direction than, you know, like take the red pill, blue pill thing. Yeah. Um, we all experience, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We all experience things differently. Uh, mine is definitely not, I think it's more of a feeling for me. I don't, don't really, uh, oh, no. too visual. I mean, I, go with my instinct oh no did i lose you again yeah you lost me for a little bit i heard you Still go there? yeah right now i can hear you again um yeah where were we 
Oh, you're uh, just saying that like you don't really, you, yours is more of a feeling. You don't really have visuals or um, things talking to you in your head. You don't yeah. really, yeah. I wish I could get more clear answers. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it's right now, it's just feeling. So then like what, like you practice meditation so much throughout your entire life. Like, um, I mean, that's supposed to be like a pretty good tool to awakening like psychic senses or kind of whatever, if you want to call it that. Um, like, did that ever happen for you? No. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I actually wasn't much of a meditator. I, I mean, they called it, you know, there's karma yoga, all three of them are. There's different kinds of like Like kundalini yoga? Yoga's karma. Uh, uh, you're breaking up again. Uh, bhakti. Yeah, Udar, you're, I can't, you're like, you're like coming in and out. You're kind of breaking up. Hmm, there we go. You there? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're talking about bhakti yoga, yana yoga, uh, karma yoga. I'm a karma yoga. I was selfless service is it comes under the title of karma yoga where you, you work selflessly is I it was uh, one of those who just worked is it like asanas or asanas as well or is it just it's it's that's not you just literally do selfless work for others what's asanas i know what like, I've, it's like I've the actual movement it's like it, it has movements to it like you know like a poses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that would come under. But serving, you know, serving your master was sort of the thing. Or serving a guru. Yeah. Is, uh, I, I, I form don't, of I meditation. As a form of meditation. Okay. So, like, tell me about that, because I think that that's always sounds kind of like a little bit of like a, it sounds like a king and a peasant and a, you know, like, it sounds like medieval or something to me. Like, is that, like, yeah. wrong thinking? Or well, it's not? definitely a, it's not a Western, yeah, the Western world doesn't really understand that sort of um, devotion or way of, of a spiritual life. Um uh, yeah it's gonna <laughs> yeah it's always to that's always grow up, you, have to, you have to grow up in india to understand that I, i'm not much for explaining those yeah i i just did my thing and uh i thought i was doing the right thing i think i was <laughs> am i in the shadow here yeah and you um, turned sideways but yeah whatever <laughs> whatever um, I'm going to be in the dark pretty soon. The sun's going down. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, 
anyways, that's what it is. I, I don't know how to explain it. That was just, um, that's what I did, and that's not doing that anymore. I'm yep, that's good. Thing. Uh, yeah, I had a thought about that. I can't remember. I just want to, I want to do my own thing. It sounds selfless, selfish, self, anti-selfless, <laughs> selfish. So selfish, but uh, I think that's, I want to explore that because um, that's what I want to do. <laughs> yep. Uh, if, you, if you want, you can go to Udar's uh, YouTube channel and check out him doing all these buildings as they as as he's going. If not, you can just be Udar Man for now. I'll be Udar Man, yeah. It all works. right, yeah, cool. All right, cool. Yeah. It was good talking to you, and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Okay, take care. Okay, bye-bye.